So as my time here um, is coming to a close, I'd like to, a couple of things, first of all just express my appreciation again and uh, recognition of your commitments and sincerity, the efforts you make in coming here and uh, you know, paying attention and trying to uh, carry these out and there's a uh, quite testing hope it's been you know has some enjoyment in it <laughs> and also the other thing is just suddenly I also does like to do a kind of wrap up um, so I feel I've sieved out many many details and try to just present uh, the basic thing that you can ca- so you can carry with you so you have uh, people who are leaving something portable so this is you say this is the basic all weather all terrain kit you know so you can put other stuff in the wardrobe for special occasions but this is your basic basic clothing (laughs) dumber clothing (laughs) and so I think first of all I think I'd really like to uh draw attention to is the sense of being here um, and sometimes you've got to use that word what is he referring to um, being here I don't mean being a geographical location but just the sense of being here um, and this might be just the first thing to, to recall it's an immaterial so it's not sensations, not thoughts. It's something immaterial, and I call this the, the internal aspect, or the immaterial aspect. There's no particular um, form to it. But we might say, so this is what's called detachment, or non-attachment, is you, you get from perspective, I'm here with this thought, I'm here with this sensation, I'm here with this mood, I'm here with this joy, I'm here with this subtle state, I'm here with. And the here bit, you can never fill in the gap what that means, but you're here with. And that gives you the proper uh, balance and relational sense of then whatever you're with, your learning skill is going to be how can I be with that happy feeling, that painful thought. And yet, the fact that it's there does not prevent me from being here. <laughs> you know, It doesn't actually rob me of that. You know, so it's so important to just see this very fundamental refuge. You know, this is the most important piece because this is really the hinge, hinge point, turning point. When we feel that what we are, what we are with, is what we don't have any space around it, then we're always impacted by emotions, energies, sensations, thoughts, memories, and it's just really, you know, sometimes it's quite fun, but a lot of the time it's quite, quite wretched, really. Just that. So that being here with does not mean any repudiation. Uh, just that little bit more space to 
oh, it's happening, and there's this. That itself is something that will develop over time, and much of our meditation practice is really to get us more familiar with that, that movement of viveka, of stepping back into just being here. Now, naturally, when it's difficult feelings, we want to be here without that. (laughs) I want to have a here that doesn't have any sensations happening to it. No, you can't do that. (laughs) So this is why we have to really understand what we can have, what can be here, and then you've got to work on relating to, you know, the, um, the rest of it. But certainly the more confident one feels in being here, the more your relational sense feels more assured, more measured, more pragmatic, like I really can't be here with that. So I just have to, you know, switch it off or go or plug in something else. So that's just pragmatic. This is just too painful. Then I have to walk up and down or, you know, change what I'm with because I just keep getting reacted and stuck in that thing. So this is just tactics, you know. Being here, I call it sometimes it's the balance sense, which is no particular sensation associated with it. It's a little window of freedom. Any term, if I use the word space, then I want space. No, you can't have space. (laughs) You can be spacious. You can learn, cultivate spaciousness around all the stuff that impacts. And that itself, patience, equanimity, you know, all these things, everything comes from that, uh, how we relate to the uh, dukkha. Much of what we call samatha practice is about, uh, uh, so you look at, say, the second piece, how we accentuate the stability, the stability and comfort. And the key concepts in that is how to uh, switch off what you don't need even if it's not really a problem, just if you don't need it, switch it off. So that all your attention and energy can go into firming up and feeling more and more comfortable in what is good, what's helpful. So this is samatha, and it's a movement from the here sense. It's not the here, but it's we're starting to intentionally, as an intention, to relinquish, to, to steady, to relax, to change our posture, to change our attitudes. Definitely there's some working happening there just to get more comfortable. You know, and studying in your body, studying in your attitudes, studying your programs, what really 
brings about comfort and more sense of stability. Why I'd emphasize beginning with the here sense is that when you try to do meditation without having some reference to that fundamental inner freedom, we tend to meditate from our personalities, that is, with all their programming, to get it right, to get it right quickly, to not be good enough, to be as good as the next person, to have it all figured out, to not make mistakes, to um, be pure, whatever, be good. And this is, I would suggest for most people, this is the wrong wrong one to do, or trying to meditate from a personality position. You carry, and your personality infects the meditation. I mean, your personalities are probably very nice, but <laughs> I don't want to make some sort of <laughs> showing all very nice people. But with all that, we all probably acknowledge that there's, you know, there's places where we get impatient, or we feel inadequate, or we, we tend to be really force ourselves, or, you know, there are, there are things that get programmed in by social contact, you know, social need, social conditioning. And you really, as much as you can, you want to acknowledge that and just come back to the here sense and almost from that very basic, you know, what would be good now? Just the subtle one step, not a complex achievement. Just the first movement from being into doing. What's the first movement from being into doing? And that must be What's my welfare now? What feels good now? That's got to be the first movement, isn't it? Or you can that if it's not moving from that, where are you coming from? <laughs> you know, where else is there to go? <laughs> well, that's just the first inclination, but then you're sort of taking your time with that. Taking your time with that, you know, what's going to get this more comfortable? And there's obviously a body posture, and then whatever we reflect upon, a sense of gratitude or kindness, compassion, you know, putting aside things we don't, you know, we can put aside and affirming what feels bright. And towards towards ourselves at this particular time, so generating the the uh, uh, comfortable and benevolent field. So this is the the samatha, and you you know there's a whole library of things you can do in that. You know, like breathing in and breathing out. If you do it from that t- tuning into just being here with that rather than trying to be good at it or get it going you might find it's a lot more comfortable and spacious and um, easeful than our personalities can make it and the, the beauty of it is it can travel 
through the body, through the bodily sense, and also through the emotional sense, so it has this effect. So if we listen listen up for that and tune into that, it does have a very uh, wonderful um, quality to it. <coughs> Now also you can um, tune into the inner listening or the sound of silence. This is useful for like a quite a an immediate unplug from the thinking mind. You know the the momentum of it, listening to silence, listening to opening the listening sense. So this is the interior of that. These are all methods and there's many more of them for calming, for steadying. But really trying to bear in mind we come from refuge, refuge in here, and then what's the first movement is how to, you know, help this body and heart. A certain unplugging of the purely psychological, mental um, programs. So I really suggest that your first movement is towards pleasure. Mm. Put it as bluntly as possible. <laughs> and taking that in, enjoying it enjoying it so that really you know the Buddha was a pragmatist we all love pleasure mind moves towards it so here's some pleasure you know and there's a certain softening and opening that occurs when we experience uh, this inner inner pleasure With breathing in and out, you can use any any door that seems to open, any part of your body that feels that's the where where your mind naturally is interested to sense it, and if I get the, uh, a location, you feel, yeah, I can, this is good, and then try to spread that, widen that to include your entire, as much as you can of your entire body. You don't want your energy just to to become too uh, condensed. It should spread. So that has the effect on the entire form. And uh, with insight, looking into that, reflecting on it, yeah, the importance of recognizing or not just intellectually recognizing being staying with the process of an arising and what and then subsiding now this comes somewhat later because we have to have enough uh, non-reactive space 
so that when things arise we don't react. So often it can be the case that things do arise, feelings, senses, energies arise, and something is involuntarily contracts around it. And then it doesn't seem to subside, in fact it proliferates. So the cultivation of permanence is to be cultivated. We acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah, this is true, isn't it? But the felt experience can be a, a, a stuck. I mean, you know, things arise, but there's a stuck. It sticks in a particular place because the summer to base has not been fully cultivated yet. And there's no point just going back time and time again into those stuck places where they will proliferate and become almost patterned in. Someone is saying to me, well, I've got a few people when they meditate doing autobiographies. So we want to, you know, come out of that. And so the, the, this is where the subtlety of, of, of building up the quality of the comfort and the ease. So you come to the edge of where, where things can get reactive and then kind of like widening, softening, withdrawing from getting down that track again. Come to the edge where you find yourself getting something starts to get reactive or you know what that is and either you come into your body widen across your body sense of widening, softening, pulling back coming back into here you know, so that movement from the reactive back to and that's great because if you can do that even if you still have these reactions you begin to acknowledge well, yeah, but it's not self it's it's a it's a journey rather than an identity, and a journey I can get off two stops before that that the, the terminus, you know, <laughs> and then I can get off. I don't even get on the bus anymore. Here it goes. Oh no, you don't get on that bus. Come back. So that that in the long run, when we do that, and when we acknowledge, you know, I can't understand this. I can't get rid of it, but I cannot travel with it. And that certainly will undermine the power of that of that pressure, that energy that throws one into these stuck places. So we do that this is really I would suggest, you know, the main process that we do in our meditation. Building with resource, so you don't have to get thrown, and then getting thrown less and less far down that down the track it begins to undermine the power of that of that track. And right there, you begin, you know, when you begin to undermine the power of it, only then. As you've done that, you do that many times. You begin to sense. Now, what? Where in there was the trigger? Where in there was the trigger? 
where the glow, the glow thing that gets me in there, or these are the late, these are the tendencies, the glow, which is the sense of pulling towards uh, sensuality or becoming something, or the souring, the puckering, which is the movement towards ill will, yeah, or the firming up, which is the tendency to form a position or a view. Before it really even gets into verbal formations, into the thought processes, you can sense that, and ah, there it is, and there's nothing to own, nothing to get rid of, because you're here. So you're just doing that little piece time and time again. And you get a lot of, <coughs> a lot of realization occurs through that. And not to forget that the, a lot of the firming up and the testing ground is going to be in our relational sense with other people. You know, where you, know, you want to really start to build in some, some strategies, These are what they're called parami, like patience or um, generosity or truthfulness or really seeing how it is building up some plate some strengths so we can extend our practice um, and then quite a lot of if you cultivate skillfully in your relational life which doesn't just mean other people it also means your livelihood the way you relate to being on the planet this is where you can build up really enormous intentions. Intentions that then replace the defective intentions of our compulsiveness, of our fear, of our acquisitiveness, of our irritation. These compulsive reactive intentions you replace with deliberate intentions. Yeah resolution, patience, um, loving-kindness. So a lot of what we can do, we might say externally or in relationship, is going to build in the volitional tendencies that are going to steer us when we meditate. 
there isn't really a separation and how to make, take advantage of life in this world to generate what you need to be free from it. So it just about wraps it up really, you know, I wonder why it took a month to get to this point. <laughs> but it's been an interesting <laughs> journey. And uh, so we sit together. And this evening we the, uh, have a kind of a, a, a mark, make a closing, closing mark with uh, uh, taking the refuges and five precepts, people who are leaving. If you're keeping the eight precepts, staying here and keeping the eight, or leaving keeping the eight, well, you can still, you can either take the five and remember the eight, or, you know, but, uh, the five doesn't wipe out your eight. And then we'll have a, a kind of a clean, like a, a forgiveness and sharing um, uh, theme in the evening, in the evening session, forgiveness of each other, and a sense of sharing goodwill and blessings with people here and people far away and people who've departed. So that's for the, that's for this evening. Have I forgotten anything? All right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so for this evening, um, suggestion is we like to have a, a small shrine, which would be something that you all participate in. Um, and uh, one thought I had was how much I've enjoyed the nature and the forest around here. How much that for me has been part of our pra- part of the practice, and, and sort of a theme in nature. So perhaps to bring little pieces of nature, whatever, kind of a, make a shrine with any bits of moss or twigs or stones or branches or something like that. So we have really honouring uh, nature and this lovely situation that we've been in. We can use that as our, as our communal, and then you all bring a little bit. And of course, if you have a, like a photograph of your friend, relative, or something, you put that on the shrine so you get a sense of this is for them. So sharing one's blessing, sharing one's retreat with people near or far, alive or dead. And you have a photograph or even just a name on a piece of paper so you can build, build something up that's meaningful. So that will, uh, so you have the rest of the day, don't, and uh, that will take place after tea. I think we'll bring everything together after tea. Yeah, it'll be in it'll be in the centre, roughly where Tony is. <laughs> 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 You're gonna be a shrine. <laughs>